Spectres turned fugitives Jin and Gortney Shepard make their way to the number four vacation spot in the galaxy, Ilos, to confront Saren once and for all. After admiring the horrific local architecture, the squads are presented with what some species refer to as a lore dump. Using a secret relay created by the Protheans, the crews make it back to the Citadel and witness some of the sickest shit ever. Then the commanders make some choices that will change the configuration of the galaxy for centuries to come. and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. We have finished Mass Effect. The video game is over. I am so <laughs> excited and thrilled and happy and also so sad that it's over already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Truly. And I mean, that we barely, this was barely here, you know? Yeah. I finished, I finished it yesterday and then I realized it had only been five six weeks maybe in real life mm -hmm. it's only been five weeks in the podcast so here we are baby the end of here, season two i guess here we are the end of season two uh <laughs> short but so so sweet for so me. <laughs> so sweet yeah uh this was i i I'm obviously we'll talk about it more uh mm -hmm. as the episode goes on but this was a great a great time a great ride amazing i'm so glad you enjoyed it so much yeah. um i too obviously had a great time but like almost I, I came into this thinking like it's possible that I might think a lot harder about things uh, in this game and come out the other side feeling differently about it. And oh. uh, I just love it more now. <laughs> like I, I appreciate even more. I mean, every time I play it, I think I like it more. Um, yeah. Specifically this one. And I, I this was no exception. I think I came out feeling even more positively about it than I did previously. Yeah, I can see that honestly yeah it's it, it is it's it's fun to replay mm -hmm. um and manageable to do so yeah so yeah i'm really excited to talk about yeah. <laughs> i was there's a moment that happens in this section that we played that i mm -hmm. have been waiting for you to see yeah all season <laughs> okay okay great yeah. I can't wait to figure out which one it is because there were, hey, a lot of yeah. really great moments in this yeah. entire last mission. This was awesome. Um, but before we get into it, obviously, obviously, we've got some bullshit. Yes. So I saved this one. I had this idea actually a while ago, but I saved it for this episode mm -hmm. because I wanted you to see all of the main story planets. OK. Before we discuss. These are the Mass Effect main mission worlds ranked by how much I would like to vacation there. <laughs> OK. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. OK. OK. This. OK. I can do this. As far as bullshit goes, Kim, I feel like this one's actually kind of pretty tame. It's pretty tame compared to, compared uh, to pasta, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you gotta, they can't all be pasta shapes, you know? Right. They can't all be trying to encourage my best friend to name her child John Thor. Um, <laughs> it's true. So I'm going to start at the bottom. 
And the Mass Effect main mission world I would like to visit the least is Pharos. By all accounts, this place sucks. There is not enough food. There's not enough water. There's power shortages. There's a big angry mushroom somewhere in the the planet's core who would love to kill me. And on top of that, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot to like do there. There's some Prothean ruins, but they seem like dangerous. Right. So I I don't really want to go to this planet, AJ. Yeah, I I think I fully agree. I mean, like it, it it could be fun maybe for like a like a day trip or something. Like look at these old ruins. Like you know I not to I've been to Greece. <laughs> I've seen the <laughs> I've seen the ruins and I don't want to live in them. I but I do think they're cool to look at. Yeah, but then like in Greece, when you're done, you can like go right. to a cafe and have a glass yeah. of wine and like right. <laughs> eat some pita bread or whatever. And here, yeah. there's nothing. Yeah, I can go talk to the angry, I don't know, fungus ball. I don't know. Yeah, that's he's not a good host. Not a good Um, host. So, no, no, thank you, Pharos. Um, Mm -hmm. Second to last, we have Therum. Yeah. The only thing this place had going for it, again, was the Prothean ruins. Again, could be cool to see. The bathroom tile holes in the walls, I guess, might have been interesting. But um, those are gone now. (laughs) Because <laughs> Shepard fucking destroyed them with a big laser. Um, so now this place is just like Mount Doom <laughs> without the hobbits. <laughs> I don't want to go there. It seems hot. It seems sweaty. It seems yeah. dusty, musty, yeah. crusty. I don't want to go. Therum is like going to work for vacation. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go to vacation. Let me go sleep in the office for a weekend. You know, like that's <laughs> not... <laughs> But except the office, they crank the heat up on the weekend so that they can mm-hmm. leave it off during the week and it just oh, gradually yeah. gets colder. <laughs> so it's just it's incredibly uncomfortable. The vibes are not good. And if there's no if there's no bathroom tile prisons, then what's even the point? Exactly. If I can't get trapped in a bathroom tile prison. OK, uh, next up. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the end of that. <laughs> oh, no, I have no follow through. Next up, we have Eden Prime. Now, yes. this might be surprising um, because Eden Prime, before the events of the game, is like a thriving colony. It's supposed to be kind of a paradise. Right. But if and when it's rebuilt, it's probably going to be this like huge tourist destination. Right. Yeah. Because this was the beginning. This is where Shepard found oh, the beacon. Now Shepard saved wow. the galaxy. And you just know like things are going to be so expensive. It's going to be really crowded. There's going to be like a little monument to the beacon or whatever that Mm. you like go and look at. And you're like, this is it. Like, I don't want to, it has, you know, like key West, uh, you know, southernmost point vibes. I don't know if you're Mm. familiar with the southernmost point in Key West. I know the words, but I've never been there. (laughs) Well, don't because it's just (laughs) listen, Florida hot take. I don't think the Mm. Key West is like a great tourist destination. The beaches aren't very good. They're very rocky. It is not the Key Best. (laughs) Thank you for hearing that. (laughs) Yeah, I heard it. (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah, I didn't even consider that. I think you're totally right. I think there's some sort of like unlicensed sculpture of uh mm-hmm. shepherd but they've in in either of our universes it's gin with a g and then it's courtney <laughs> and they did it with a c because they were like nobody yeah. would name a kid courtney and they're like no see it's like the noses are totally different sizes yeah. it's like that's not you you can't sue us yeah, for that. times square hollywood boulevard yes vibe. exactly oh my god <laughs> there's just a fucking <laughs> Times Square versions of the whole yeah. crew is so <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah. Oh Bad costumes. God. Oh, man. Sorry for screaming, Tara. <laughs> Tara's, at her, Tara's at her desk working on her job. 
<laughs> and Sorry, I'm here screaming. <laughs> um, oh my god. Anyway, uh, yeah, really good. Eden Prime, definitely above work vacation and mind control fungus mm-hmm. vacation. But it's like still bad low. family vacation when you yeah. were a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your parents are like, "This is going to be so fun," and then you're right. like, "I don't. This is not fun for me right. as a child." Yeah. It's very, honestly, I mean, we've made the Times Square comparison already, and I don't want to get too deep in this, but that's, like, very much, like, going to vacation in New York City, mm-hmm. um, and, like, not knowing the area, or not, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever, so you just spend your whole time around Times Square, and, like, you go to, like, the Planet <laughs> Hollywood, and, like, the m and <laughs> store, and you go to the Steps, or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's just, like, the worst part of New York, yeah. but you spend four whole days there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is, again, not to derail us too much, but this is yeah. every time I have someone come visit L.A., and they're like well i want to see like the walk of fame or whatever i'm like i will bring you to the walk of fame if that's what you really want but i'm going to tell you right now it's not what you really want we will drive down the walk of fame and then we will go somewhere (laughs) no we will not i'm not driving oh yeah fair enough i forgot it yeah yeah um but it's it's always a nightmare i had a friend uh come a few years ago and she was like oh i want to see it i was like okay we'll go we parked we were there for like five minutes and she was like this fucking sucks <laughs> like, yeah. you were right let's go yeah. um don't go don't bother going to hollywood boulevard if you come to la if you're coming to la hit me up i'll tell you where to go anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> next mm. up we have novaria now mm. i know what you're thinking kim novaria is like a cold wasteland what are you what are you talking about sure true however novaria is full of rich executives what do rich executives love skiing so wow you can't tell me there isn't a ski chalet somewhere on that planet that the execs built for themselves i do not want to go skiing like me falling down a mountain would be a hazard to everyone on the mountain at that time but i would love to stay in like a cozy little lodge getting drunk and maybe meeting a rich spouse. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got we've we've got we've got goals here on Navaria. We're not just going for vacation. Yeah. I guess we... maybe that isn't a vacation. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I I'm surprised um, that this, I, I mean so far I've, I'm with you. I think. Well, I don't know. Should I give my Should I wait to give my rankings? Up to you. Because I I think for me I think Ilos is in this slot. Okay. Because like. Yes, verdant, jungle, beautiful, amazing, incredible, but like bugs, humidity. Mm-hmm. That's not what I want. That's not mm-hmm. what I want in a vacation. I would rather go there than Times Square, Got the it. planet. But I also think I, for the same reasons, I think Novaria would be great because you're just inside the whole time. It's snowing, mm-hmm. which is great to look at. And you don't have to worry about going anywhere because you are right. where you are. And I mean, the prospects of meeting a rich spouse as well is, are, are always enticing. Always. So I think for me, I think it's Ilos and then Novaria will be next. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so next for me, and this might be kind of a cheat, mm. um, but next for me would be the Citadel. Oh. Mm. Mm. So here's the thing with vacationing in Citadel. I bet the Citadel is like visiting a big cool city like mm-hmm. Tokyo or something. Mm. Um, but with essences of Las Vegas and a cruise ship definitely cruise ship yeah but like i think the be- the good parts of las vegas and the sure. good parts of the sure. <laughs> sure sure um the you know like there's gambling there's <laughs> drinking there's food there's shopping it's like it's one of those vacations yeah um the drawback is that it is an expensive one. Oh, um, yeah like this is if you're feeling spendy 
But I still think it would be very fun. You can't tell me that there aren't a lot of like bachelorette parties on the Citadel. I fully believe that there are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cora's Den is right there. Mm -hmm. If you want something a little more upscale, I guess the uh, flux flux is also Mm -hmm. right there. You know, two great party locations. Yeah. And I mean, that's just like part of the Citadel. Like it's supposed to be massive. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I want to, I think it would be fun. The cruise ship comparison is really, is, is really sticking with me. I think you're absolutely right. Cause there's like, you know, your rooms are probably just like tiny little like white cubes or whatever with some like (laughs) (laughs) pictures hung up on the walls. Maybe you can see out the window, but you know, that you're not really, there's probably like luxury hotels for sure. For sure. But yeah, those are really expensive. It's expensive. So like the, the, the coach, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. regular person is staying in like a, a kind of like a little too cramped and a little kind of sterile compared to the rest of it. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not, you're not there to spend your time in your room, you know, you're spending your time walking around, you're seeing the sights, you're, you're, you're going to a club maybe you're you you see a you see a keeper every once in a while which is like seeing somebody that works in the boat and they're doing something that you know is making the ship work but you don't really know what they're doing but you're mm-hmm. not gonna ask because they're doing their job hey, you um, just trust it right and they all look the exact same because they're wearing the same uniform um <laughs> yeah i think yeah citadel's oh wow citadel's nice but definitely 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 expensive mm-hmm. do you think because hmm, i know there's like a, a like people can spectate i guess there's like a spectator spectator seating for the the council stuff yeah do you think do you think you could like pay to get like a council seat and just like watch a like a judge duty situation or something i think i think no i think that's something where like you gotta know someone sure you know like people can do it but it's like you kind of gotta be like hey do you think that like your cousin is the ambassador right like do you think he could like get i want to you know and then they like take you to the door and it's like look the I can get you in here, but you can't say anything. You can't take any pictures yeah. you, that you got to You got to keep a low profile and we'll be fine. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. OK, <sighs> so that's the Citadel. <laughs> sure. So next up now I have Ilos mm-hmm. and I totally get what you're saying. And I also think like this place is creepy as fuck, as we will talk <laughs> about. But it's also cool. Like it's so it's it, cool. it's, it's like visiting like Machu Picchu or the Coliseum or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Muggy, disgusting, probably awful. I mean, I don't know if you read the the description of Ilos before you land on it, but it's like mm. the atmosphere is very high in oxygen, which means there's like a lot of wildfires all the time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is apparently because, uh, spoiler alert, there aren't a lot of uh, organic beings living there uh, <laughs> respirating. But... Mm. Um, the reason why I think that Ilos would be fun is because, oh God, I realize now that I am wrong, but <gasps> here's what I was thinking before I replayed the game and realized that this won't work, oh. but there, there is a mass relay that connects Ilos to the Citadel. Oh yeah. So I was one thinking way. you can bounce back and forth, <laughs> but you're right. It's one way. Right. But I think then you go to Ilos for like a day trip. See the mm-hmm. sights, mm-hmm. see everything there is to see, and then take the conduit back to back to the Citadel. Yeah. And then you're in Citadel land having yeah. the fancy spendy vacation. Right. So I think that that's it's fun. It's like easy to get to, I right. guess, is the well, yeah. once you find the Mew Relay. I would say so. I think. Yeah. Once you find the Mew Relay. It's yeah. I, this is really this. This revelation has really screwed up my rankings. No, but I think. Throw you, it in the trash. <laughs> I think this this turns this turns Ilos into kind of like a port town. 
Like mm-hmm. this is where you go to then go to the Citadel, you know, or you can, it's like an option. Or you can, right. Yeah. Um, but then you, I guess you can't come back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, okay, if you want to like, it's just like a popular one too. It's like, Oh, right. you know, if you're, if you want to go to the Citadel, but you want to see something cool first, you can go to Ilos and the, it's right, like, uh, right. you know, all the rage and all the travel magazines. Right. I'm trying to think now if there would be like a, some sort of circle of like you, you go to the Citadel, you're staying and then you travel all the way to the opposite side of the galaxy to, <laughs> to go to Islas. And then just to show back up on the, like, I think maybe when, when they were first pitching this to investors, they were like, look, it takes us so long to get to Islas, but then we're right back at the Citadel. Isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. So literally like a cruise almost where it's yeah. like you work your way to Ilos right. and then you're back at the Citadel. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. But I don't know. You see, the time is time gets weird because I don't know, like, how long those trips actually take. Yeah, I know it's faster than light travel, but like it's across the whole galaxy. Yeah, no, it's a good thought. Um, We'll workshop it. Yeah, for sure. Keep working on that. So finally, Mm -hmm. that leaves Vermeer. Yeah, my number one uh, hot destination in Mass Effect. So when you set aside the fact that this planet was the site of unspeakable experiments sure nuclear explosion right right it is like a remote island getaway it's beautiful right um there's gorgeous beaches you can get a selfie with one of those big crabs sure (laughs) yeah i think and i think going to vermeer and hanging out with the crabs is probably the equivalent of like going to the maldives to swim with whale sharks sure so that and which is something I've always wanted to do. I'm never going to do that. But it's something I've thought about um, yeah. in my my dream of dreams. Well, sharks, great sharks. Um, mm-hmm. The second time I've talked about sharks in this season. <laughs> anyway, the point is, that is my number one yeah. vacation destination Vermeer. I know who knows what the what the vibe is after the explosion. But sure. I bet it's still there's probably still parts that are fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole other planet, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, and as far as we know, there are no, uh, like sentient indigenous species that we would be colonizing for vacation <laughs> on right, Vermeer. Right. It's yeah. just a, it's just a nice looking planet with some fun crabs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's all the fun of a tropical vacation minus all the, the colonial guilt, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've never been so I, I can't yeah, say I haven't, I haven't either <laughs> but yeah that's I think that would be fun yeah. um and I'm really looking forward to planning our vacation <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> we'll hit it all all in one go uh mm-hmm. and I think I think we start at the Citadel yeah kind of go out from there do every planet end up in Ilos and then go back and then pop back to the Citadel yeah which is almost kind of like the game <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is true that is how the game goes yeah and i do i'm now just thinking about the re-entry of the mako into the mako into the citadel and it's not pretty no <laughs> no but it does seem fun to be shot straight up into the air and then end up back on a cruise ship anyway every time we do this i'm like i'm not going to talk too much and then i go into a whole thing uh and it's 20 minutes later so yeah Maybe you're we should welcome. move on. Yeah. Uh, Kim, incredible bullshit. Amazing all season. Um, I think you. you're going to have a hard time topping the pasta one, though. The um, Yeah, I really I should have. 
Yeah. Flew too close to the sun too early. No, I think it was, I think it was perfectly timed. I think, I think it was all, it all led to like (laughs) the peak there. And then this was the logical, like, obviously this was the best, Mm -hmm. you know, the best one for this episode. But now I think it's time time to move on to talking about this final fucking mission. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's so, so good. Okay. When we when we last left Jin and Gort, yeah. uh, they were uh, Anderson had just punched Udina in the face. He sure did. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, to get uh, the Normandy off the Citadel, so Shep could go uh, to Ilos to try and get Saren. Mm-hmm. So Ilos, as I mentioned, once a verdant world, it's full of Prothean ruins, but now it's like kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. Again, all respirating animal life forms have died off. Hmm, uh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So now, did you get a scene before I you did. arrived in my list? Really quick, though, I do just want to touch on there. There are like they're not like huge crew combos, but there are like every time you talk to everyone, they're like, I can't believe we're fugitives. How? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but you talk to Tally and she's like, we're fugitives. This is very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> So cute. She's so excited about it. Um, Joker's upset that there's no one chasing us because he wanted to fly the Normandy Mm because he loves to fly. Uh, And then everybody else is just kind of like, wow, I can't believe we're fugitives. Yeah. But before Ilos, yes. So you you travel to Ilos and then we get a steamy cutscene. Um, sorry, it's just a regular cutscene at first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and could be, I, I guess you can, you could not have it become a steamy cutscene, right? I don't know. There seemed like there were options. You know, that were like maybe. Oh, I don't know, actually. That's a good question. I don't know. It seems silly to not take the steamy cutscene, you know? Yeah, I know. Happy um, experience. You might die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so Liara comes in and asks to speak with us. Uh, I say, I always have time for you, which all of my shepherd dialogues here felt a little too uh, forward for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, 2007, I'll give them some benefit of the doubt of like, you know, we're just trying to fit. <laughs> we're trying to fit a lot into these into mm-hmm. these scenes. And she basically says, like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I hope we stop Saren, but something like I feel like maybe we're already too late. Uh, and there's something I have to tell you in case we fail. I say we're not going to fail. She says, please, I'm not looking for comfort. These could be our last moments together to to tell each other how we feel. I want it to be special. Mm-hmm. And to which I say, we don't have to unless you're sure. She says, I've never been more sure. Uh, will you join with me? Let our bodies and minds unite. Uh, and then I said, yes. And the <laughs> the shepherd's dialogue is, I thought you'd never ask, which again, <laughs> a bit too forward for me. Yeah, um, but that's fine. And then, <laughs> and then it's just like fully just like becomes a, sex scene. a steamy cutscene. It's a sex scene. Right. Really weird to me that there was no music <laughs> that played. There was no like swell of it was just like whatever the, the, the music that was playing, like when you started the scene. Um, but there was no like like swell of violins or mm-hmm. anything. I don't know. It was just kind of like flat, uh, flat soundscape. It was wild. Uh, her eyes turn black. You know, we are both fully unclothed. <laughs> you just see her entire ass. You see Liara's mm-hmm. whole ass. It's like, mm-hmm. and to which the, then I wrote in my notes, game, my TV is directly next to my living room window. It's a nice <laughs> day out. So I have the blinds Big up. Big blue ass. Big, huge blue ass. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then, and then it's over. You know, she says, by the goddess, that was incredible. I see you were incredible. And then Joker's like, hey, we got five minutes. I was like, <laughs> five minutes? <laughs> You've it fucking close. Yeah. Um, and then she says, whatever happens, I just want to say thank you for everything. So mm. a nice, a nice moment. That is nice. 
Um, <laughs> How is yours? <laughs> um, I hate this. I wrote, I hate this in my notes. I don't oh. know how many times. So, uh, Jin's, Jin's in his room, uh, like fucking reading an iPad or something. And Ashley comes in and Ashley, uh, I don't think we've mentioned this before, but Ashley calls Shepard, uh, Skipper. So she comes in and she's like, Skipper. And, uh, Jin's like, well, you don't, you don't have to call me that anymore. Like I am a traitor. So I'm probably <laughs> not technically an officer. That's so funny. Uh, of the Alliance anymore. And, um, <laughs> so stupid you can tell they were trying to be deep here and for me did not land at all she's just like you know you 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 did what you had to do you'll always be the skipper to me oh captain my captain oh god (laughs) and we talk we talk about like oh you know poetry um she mentions her dad loved it she's like well i you know i'm not a words person this is you know just my dad taught me all these poems um and she like assures Shepard that he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she quotes even more poetry. Jesus. And she says, I believe you'll lead us through, oh captain, my captain. And I stop. wish she would stop saying it. Yeah. And <laughs> Shepard's like, Is my rank all you see when you look at me? And her response is, No, I also see a strong, passionate man with a great ass. I mean, listen, I. <laughs> Would I describe Jin that way? Absolutely. Yeah. However, I hate this. Um, <laughs> uh, there's some like line about how she spent her whole life fighting for what she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had to, quote, bury a lot of things to like accomplish what she wants. I don't know what that means. Sure. She never felt like she was worth what she was fighting for. But Shep makes her feel good enough. I don't know. And uh, yeah, we, there is a sex scene um she does not take out her bun the whole time <laughs> and that's all i could think about the bun stays i was stays like girl on. you're wearing this like like tight bun yeah in the like this is ridiculous um also i i don't think that the like naked character model had nipples and that no. was very distracting for yeah. me yeah um anyway <laughs> after we're done there's more flirting that happens which is very much um in the vein of oh you're my commanding officer wink and it's Ugh. gross yeah really fucking grosses me out and thankfully <laughs> joker to the rescue tells us that we're five minutes out from the movie <laughs> to <late>. the rescue <laughs> saves me from this situation this pre and post nut clarity um <laughs> and before we go ashley's like whatever happens down there i just wanted to say no i'm not gonna say anything because then you'll have to come back or whatever i'm like all right fine whatever um so yeah now we're we're headed to ilos yeah Um, i do just want to point out like at the end of that scene (laughs) your your partner i suppose whatever like wakes up in the bed and then (laughs) like sits up and shepherd is just fully clothed just like leaning against a dresser like staring at them and they're like wow shepherd that was great and shepherd's just like fucking mean mugging him like get the fuck out of my room i gotta finish my book yeah Um, so so uncomfy yeah so yeah joker says we're five minutes away and then we get our fine well not yeah, I guess it's like the the last like mass relay Normandy scene, which I think we've seen it from this angle before of like seeing the Normandy as like this ant sized thing mm-hmm. next to like the huge fucking relay. Um, but it didn't really hit 
until this time that I was like, oh, these things are fucking massive. Yeah. Like these things are humongous. Mm-hmm. Um, just absolutely wild. So we arrive and we're all, you know, we arrive at Eyeless and we're all standing in the, uh, you know, where Joker is. <laughs> that the area. cockpit. <laughs> cockpit. Oh my God. And uh, basically Presley's like, hey, like we can't find a good landing zone where we usually go is like really far away and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, let's just land right on top of him. And then mm-hmm. at, I don't know if it's different for you or if this is just like how it is. Um, but I had Ashley and Tali mm-hmm. were like, no, like that's we can't land there. That's yeah. like the, a dumb, dumb idea. Um, mm-hmm. Joker's like, I can do it. And, you know, Gortney backs him up. It's like, OK, let's dr- drop us right on top of that bastard. She mm-hmm. says. And Joker does it. Joker does it. Yeah. He's good at his job. Yeah. Um, I, I do. That scene is so funny because the dialogue and voice acting is very overdramatic and it's uh. like not super well delivered. Uh, <laughs> I just like find another landing zone. Press is yeah. like, there is no other landing zone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like so silly. Yeah, it is extremely melodramatic. And then we, you know, we we pull in and we're able to get past the you know turrets or whatever because we have a stealth ship mm-hmm. um and we see Saren and a bunch of geth walking into this big door turns around sees the normandy flying down and then we literally like the the mako lands like 10 feet in front of him and he's like go 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 and the door the door <laughs> shuts uh right before right before we can get to him but like we really did drop right on top of him joker's um, good at what he does he's good at what he does so yeah we we the door is locked and then i had tally and rex with me for this mission mm, i had tally and liara i brought my girlies yeah i thought about bringing liara because i thought the prothean stuff would be interesting with her but mm. uh I didn't. So then we basically have to fight a whole bunch of geth to find a security panel to unlock mm-hmm. the door. Uh, before we get to the security panel, was there anything that I missed? No, I I just wanted to um, to point out, like, Ilos is, as we mentioned, kind of like an overgrown forest mm. sort of vibe, but like not green, very like gray. Yeah. And there are these statues Oh there my God, dude. That are, it looks like, like some kind of like humanoid shape sitting on a throne, but like it has grown roots that have like grown into the ground. I can't, it is, they're so creepy. It's so disconcerting and they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Um, it's it's, awful. It's really spooky, but like it really adds to the vibe for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I can't believe we didn't bring that up in the vacation thing, because I don't know. I think that might bump it down a little bit that there's just creepy yeah. like humanoid obelisks all over the place. But yeah, I feel like that's part of the like, wow, like look at these cool <laughs> ruins type, you know, like that's sure. that vibe. Sure. Mm. Um, so we find a uh, we find a security panel and, and there's so there's like a whole bunch of geth that we're fighting here. Um, mm-hmm. And at one point in the first area, I found a thing that I could decrypt that was like armature hacking or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, OK, sure, I'll do that. I Nothing happened. I was like, OK, whatever. And then inside the, the building, you know, you fight more geth or whatever. And then you find these like they are armatures, like geth mm-hmm. armatures, which are the things that stand on four legs that you can like override. And then I guess they would fight for you. But I didn't. Yeah, I didn't find them until the fight was over because yeah. like. All the geth come right at you from Mm -hmm. the get. Like, I'm not going to sprint through them to get to the, you know. um, Yeah, they're and they're like 
they're like Geth Primes, um, which are like the really big ones. Yeah. Um, and they're like really aggressive right. uh, Geth <laughs> enemies. Right on you. So they are. They're right on top of you. And I, I do that every time where I'm like, oh, shit, I could have done the thing. But it's like, I don't even know how I would have gotten in there. Right. To- it seems so dangerous and dumb to, to like run in there mm-hmm. and do that. Uh, yeah. But it seems like it would be such a cool thing, you know, for them. To, especially I, I don't remember if it was because my decryption was high enough or because I did the original thing outside. But there was there were two that were like easy and then one that I was like able to hack or something. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Maybe there was four actually, but whatever there was, there was a bunch of them. So I was like, that would have been awesome if I had all four of them like going and shooting stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's like an insanity strategy uh, yeah, maybe. for the in- insane difficulty. Um, but I, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I, it seems like maybe a situation where the design could have been tweaked a little bit a little to bit. make that make a little more sense. But right. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe you get one and then the attack starts and then you're like, Oh, there's three more. Maybe I could try, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not to, not to backseat game design 15 years later, yeah. but, um, <laughs> anyway, so we find this security panel and it's got a hologram on it. It's all broken up. It says some like broken up sentences and then Rex and Tali are like, Oh, we can't understand what it says. And I'm like, I can kind of, uh, until he's like, wow, you must've, you know, learned the Prothean language or whatever when, you know, interacting with the beacons and is, it's basically like all broken up, except you can kind of grab, like, can't be stopped safe in the archives or something mm-hmm. is like really all you can get out of it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it has very like, like the, the video of the, the Hindenburg explosion. Sure. You're like, oh, the humanity. Yeah. It has like that vibe, <laughs> this recording. It's very good though. Oh I, I really like it. I um I don't know. It it really unlike the previous melodramatic scene, I feel like that voice actor did a really good job yeah. like uh, sort of ramping up the tension. Selling it, yeah. So then we go back to the bunker because we have now unlocked it with that security panel and Tali says, who votes we take the, the Mako into the creepy underground bunker? Which I thought was <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah. Funny um, enough, uh, it was Liara who said that when I... Really? Even though I had him both, yeah. That's funny. I guess it's like the second, second mm-hmm. squad mate or whatever. So then we're driving down this tunnel. It's kind of cool. It's just like a straight shot. If you ever played Temple Run, it kind of just looks like that. <laughs> You're just like <laughs> Temple Run on the iPhone, you know, back in 2011 or whatever, no, when the first iPhone know. games came out. Never played Temple Run. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so you just drive down that. And then eventually you run into a like force field. And then one of your crewmates is like, oh, my gosh, we're trapped. And I didn't realize until I got out of the Mako that there was another force field that had opened or closed behind us as well. So we really were trapped. Mm-hmm. But there is a door. So we go in that door. And as uh, like as we're, we're approaching that door, um, one of the squad mates is like, it's like, I don't I, I wonder what Saren has planned. And then mm-hmm. the other squad mates like, I don't know if this was Saren, but I guess we'll find out or whatever. And it turns out it wasn't Saren. It wasn't. So, yeah, just since you mentioned you bringing Liara here might have gotten yeah. some interesting dialogue, yeah. uh, which maybe you did get this. But um, as you're as you're driving through, um, I just wanted to point out Liara mm-hmm. says, oh, this this bunker must have been the last refuge for their species. Um, and she's mm. just getting really, really excited because she's like, oh, my God, this is a really exciting <laughs> Prothean find. <laughs> And she points out um, there are these containers on the wall um, that are like cryogenic stasis pods. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she she can tell, I guess, that like they are not active anymore. So everyone in them is dead. And so Tali's like, what the 
oh, why was Saren here? Yeah. So yeah, as you said, we go through that door. It leads to another elevator. Even uh-huh. the Protheans love their elevators. They do. And when you get off that elevator, the best song in the whole fucking game starts playing. Oh, I don't even know if I clocked that. Oh, it's it's the same uh, song that I think is in the... Is it in the start screen? I don't know. Well, put it in here. <laughs> <Yeah>. Play <laughs> a little clip. It's called yeah. Vigil, and it is my favorite song on this soundtrack, and every time I hear it, I get emotional. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry that it, I didn't even register that there was a song playing. Yeah. Um, you make it out of the elevator and there's just one path that leads to a console. Uh, and then as you approach the console, it says vigil and you hit the interact button and then you get you get you <laughs> get one of the most this. OK, <laughs> this so, is the moment I was waiting for so much in this moment. Mm-hmm. This is just a huge uh, oh my god there's a there's a hologram it opens up it says hi you're not prothean you're not machine uh you must have like intercepted our warning great you haven't been indoctrinated cool um and then <laughs> we ask like why can we understand what you're saying we couldn't understand the other one he's like oh i've been scanning you since your interactions since you arrived so i've kind of figured out the best way to communicate with yeah. you which is so fucking cool yeah uh, introduces itself as vigil and then tells you soon nowhere will be safe and the rest of this scene is mm-hmm. just is is just a book like mm-hmm. this is just an audiobook because there is no vigil doesn't have a face because it is just like computer images mm-hmm. on a, you know, a 50,000 year old computer or whatever. And it's just a book and it's really, really good. Yeah, it's it's, really, it's a good fucking book <laughs> for all intents and purposes. This should not work. Yeah, I don't think because it's just like, let me just spew information at you for like mm-hmm. five full minutes. See ya. Like, that's the yeah. whole scene. And it, yeah, it should suck. <laughs> it, it should, should be like, suck. are you serious? Like, I just like talked to this thing and that's how I got all this information. And but it rips. But man, it rips. It's so fucking it's, good. I think I, and that's why I think it's a combination of like they do a good job, I think, of making Ilos feel a very creepy but then as as you get inside that bunker and realize what it is and um that beautiful music starts playing it starts to feel very profound yeah and so it builds up to this moment where the things that you learn are just incredible and this to me is like i don't know if i would call it the (laughs) eye of the duck of this (laughs) this game um because i think probably vermeier is but Hmm. it it is Absolutely. I think one of the moments in the entire trilogy that I like remember best, Uh, just the feeling of playing through this game for the first time and learning all of these things um, in what feels like a very emotionally profound moment. 
incredible. Yeah. Anyway, I'll stop talking so we can <laughs> um, <laughs> we can yeah. recap this lore and, dump. Uh, just to, just to clarify, Eye of the Duck is a, a concept mm-hmm. presented by David Lynch. Uh, two friends, Adam and Dom, have a great podcast where they dissect movies and find the Eye of the Duck scene, which basically is just like the scene that encapsulates the entirety of the movie. Maybe it's not the best scene, you know, whatever, but it is it encapsulates the entire the entirety of the mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and I would argue for Mass Effect, I think Novaria is the eye of the duck, but we'll move on. Whoa. Um, okay. But this scene fucking rips. This scene is so fucking yeah. good, dude. So there's just, oh my God. So there's so much world building and like mm-hmm. lore dumping here. Um, I think the best little bit of like, it could have not been in there and nothing would have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that Vigil is like, I have been, like I because we asked, like, are you an AI? Like, what's your what's your deal? He says, I'm a non-organic analysis system with the personality of the chief overseer of the Eyeless facility, Kassad Ishan, which is like a, a point that we don't need to know. But I think mm-hmm. is so fucking cool. I think that rules yeah. so hard. <laughs> this I mean, well, the story of this place is just kind of incredible in itself and yeah. like could be a game or a book or an right. entire like that in itself could be an amazing piece of media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I asked, why did you bring us here? Why'd you call us here? And he says, or it says, you must break the cycle, but you must understand the Citadel is the heart as it has been, but it's a trap. And then says, basically tells us like, it's just a huge mass relay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and forgive me if my notes get a little, uh, uh spotty took, at this point, because I took detailed notes. So if you want me to okay, cool. Yeah. I'll fill in any blanks that I might, sure. that I might miss. Um, but he says it's a mass relay and that it basically, it leads to this place called dark space, mm-hmm. which is the edge of the known universe or something. Uh, the, just the edge of the, the, the galaxy. galaxy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's just like this empty void that no one travels to because it's mm-hmm. the end of the galaxy. So why would you travel there? And that's where the Reapers live. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess that's where they hibernate uh, yeah. for X thousand million amount of years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I asked, <laughs> no one has ever noticed that. He says, well, they're careful. And that's also the purpose of the keepers. Right. The Reapers had um, uh, later on in this conversation, he talks about uh, how the Reapers will kill and exterminate some species. But every once in a while, they will like indoctrinate and and like take control uh, of 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 one species and that that mm-hmm. is the case with the keepers um they are just these bug people who the the reapers however many millions of years ago or whatever were like hey mm-hmm. you work for us now and they said okay we're bugs um <laughs> so now their whole thing is to just like keep the citadel up and running but also intercept the signal that's like hey it's time yeah. to open this the, the thing dark space right um uh, just one thing i'll fill in yeah. here the reason why this works so well why this keeps uh you know why the reaper's plan works so well is because the keepers by maintaining the basic functions of the citadel allow any species who discovers it to use it without fully understanding the technology behind it right um so you know they never look that closely because the keepers are keeping it up and running right so they never figure out what it really is. Right. Um, and and like, I, I think that's super interesting. I think that's awesome. I love that. I love that that's their purpose. But it also kind of annoys me that like there's a whole side quest that's like, hey, scan the 30 keepers that are mm-hmm. here. And then at the end of it, you get some experience. It's like, hey, what was yeah. the point? Yeah, there was an opportunity to drop some interesting lore, just like a little nugget. Of yeah, this. even if it was just like a little scene at the end of it with Charn, I think is his name. The Solarian who's doing the uh, 
that research. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, even if there was just, like, one scene that was like, oh, they're, you know, I, I don't know. I, obviously, they wouldn't. It, ah, yeah, there's, I, I don't know. I feel like that was that was kind of a missed opportunity um, with this mm-hmm. game. It doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game at all. Um, but I do think that would have been nice because I did spend, like, 30 minutes run, scr- uh, scrounging every corner of the Citadel <laughs> uh, to find these fucking bugs. But so we kind of got ahead of my myself there with the, with the keepers and stuff but i ask uh how they can live at the edge of the galaxy uh and he's basically like i don't know <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. they kind of they go into sleep mode um and they just kind of hang out but they're vulnerable which is why they are so far away um because they're when they're asleep they have you know d- no defenses or whatever mm-hmm. and then we're like oh saren's whole thing is to turn on this relay to then you know, bring the Reapers in. Uh, right. He says, that's what happened to us. They took control before we even noticed. They take over all the Mass Effect relays, making them they, making them not function, basically. Uh, and then just like systematically wipe out systems at a time. Mm-hmm. Wild, horrifying, yeah. incredible. Just like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, and they, you know, just to put a finer point on it, he says, yeah. our leaders were dead before we even realized they were under attack. It's like, it's a brilliant... Yeah. Like it shows you the brilliance of the plan of like, yeah. okay, we're going to make it so that the first place we arrive is always the, you know, where the galaxy has like built up their entire right. system of and, government around. And they, and they use the keepers as like information brokers, I guess, mm-hmm. of like, you know, they're sending them all the information about every single right. planet in the galaxy. So they know everything and they know the best way to destroy <sighs> everyone. It's mm. wild. Oh, my God. Uh, and then I asked uh, or I had Courtney ask, I guess, just like, a, oh, you like you could have like, did you sur- like, did you try and mm-hmm. surrender? Like, what did you see what would happen? And, they, uh, and it says they will accept no surrender. They learn everything from the Citadel. Some places are destroyed. Other places are enslaved. And some species are then used as spies. Mm-hmm. And then he says they were relentless and absolutely thorough. Yeah. Horrifying terrifying incredible amazing um and i don't remember if if it's here or if it's a little later but he says that this happened over like decades or Mm -hmm. centuries like this wasn't a thing where it was like okay we're here boom you're gone you're dead it's a long process it's like they cut off the mass relays and then they just like gradually just pick off planets and species Mm -hmm. and it's horrifying it's so scary so then i say tell me what i need to do says the conduit is the key before they attacked we almost figured out the mass like how mass relays worked and ilos was a secret base there's a mini relay basically uh that connects right to the citadel and then rex says it's a back door but they're using it as a weapon or something just before we uh proceed a little more uh lore before we get to the (laughs) like how to stop we basically you're like why did they do this Mm. and um vigil's like we don't know they're yeah. they're so alien to us. We have no idea. Maybe they need slaves or resources. Um, more likely, their motives are just like incomprehensible <laughs> to yeah. us. Yeah. Um, and he he also points out that you know before they leave, they strip all, every world bare. They harvest all of the resources, all of the technology, so that all evidence that this ever happened is gone. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to insert that before we uh, yeah. 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 God, wild. I guess I didn't do that dialogue option. I don't know. It's uh, Yeah. I mean, there's many and it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> there's so much. Um. Uh, so he tells us about the uh, Ilos being a secret base with a relay. So, OK, like, what do we what do we do? Uh, or, or, or like then what happened uh, after they figured out how mass relays work? And he says uh, we severed communication with the outside and retreated to the archives. Everyone was put into cryostasis uh, and then just says like centuries passed. And as those centuries passed, my energy reserves dwindled. Um, 
And I could see where this was going. But I had Courtney mm-hmm. ask, like, how did you survive? It's like, well, slowly I had to cut off life support, starting with non-essential, you know, civilians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, you know, after hundreds of years, like only the top scientists were made, uh, remained. And Tally says, you just killed hundreds of people. Uh, and then uh, you're given a, a dialogue choice here. And I I chose the, the renegade one, I guess, yeah. which was like, you couldn't let everyone die. Like, I get it. You had to sacrifice mm-hmm. the, you know, sacrifice the many for or few for the good of the many, whatever. And then he says, like, this wasn't a choice I made. Like, this was programmed into mm-hmm. me. Like, if we were to get to this point, like, this was the choice or this was the thing I would have to do. It's not like I right. had to, like, you know, weigh pros and cons or whatever. And Rex says, uh, I bet they didn't tell that to the quote unquote non-essentials. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. Um, probably. <laughs> um, and then uh, Vigil says, my actions are the only reason, you know, that they survived. Uh, there were only a few dozen left by the time they were able to come out of stasis. Uh, and they vowed to figure out figure out how the mass relays worked. And they knew the keepers were the key. Yeah. One thing that it says, too, is, mm. um, again, there were only a few dozen of these scientists by the time they woke up. And they knew, like, so our species is just doomed. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is the end for us. Um, so they just spent the rest of their lives yeah. trying to save us, essentially, yeah. uh, 50,000 yeah. years ago, which is like... That's why I said, like, this could be a story in itself. Like, how how fucking powerful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so they, you know, they figure out mass relays and stuff. I I ask Saren or I ask why Saren's trying to find it. And he says, you know, it'll give him access to the keepers and the Citadel. Uh, And then and then Vigil tells us that eventually the scientists figured out a way to alter the signal that Sovereign or that the Reapers give off um, that like trigger this, you know, mass extinction. So when Sovereign sent the signal to like open the citadel relay the keepers just didn't even mm-hmm. get it they just completely ignored it which means the reapers are now trapped at the edge of the galaxy except for sovereign um mm-hmm. so uh, you know saren wants to use this to bypass the citadel defenses because he can just show right up in the citadel uh and then pass the control to sovereign and the cycle will begin again i say i'll stop him tell me how um and i guess Maybe I didn't write this part down, but I do remember this part when he was talking about the scientists like we're like, you know, they went to the Citadel, but it was only a one way trip. Like what mm-hmm. happened? And he's uh, and Vigil's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I imagine that they probably got there, did what they needed to do. And then if there was any food and water like that was depleted pretty quickly. So they yeah. just died there yeah. alone, which is just it's power. It's so wild. It is. It's really powerful. It's very tragic. <sighs> but like, yeah. You know, it's it's powerful that that's this is the only reason that this hasn't happened to us already. It's right. the the one thing that gave our cycle the chance to to survive. Yeah. <sighs> so then I uh, I ask I, or I say I'll stop him. Tell me how. And Vigil says that there's a data file and you upload it to the station on the Citadel. It'll corrupt the security protocols and will give you control, uh, like absolute control over the Citadel mm-hmm. so that so that Sovereign won't be able to open the relay. Rex says, where's the control unit? I've never heard of that. And <laughs> Vigil's just like, follow the conduit. It'll take you right to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you? So this is something I've been sitting on since <laughs> the first episode. OK, there is. I forget if this is actually like where the conduit spits you out exactly. Uh. But um, in the Presidium, when you're walking around there in the Citadel, there's a statue that looks like a small, like it's like a small mass relay. Yeah. And if you talk to one of your squad mates while you're standing near it, they're like, do you hear that buzzing? 
What is that? What? Mm-hmm. Whoa! I have never noticed that before. It was just in this playthrough that Holy I that I noticed shit. that. I was like, oh my god, that's they're hearing the like the connection yeah. between. I don't know if it's just like the mass that's relay so in general or cool. Yeah. Oh my god. Sick. This game is so good. Yeah. Um, Incredible. Yeah. So he tells us to follow the conduit and then tells us that Sovereign was like the sentinel left behind mm-hmm. to to send the signal to the keepers to tell them to open the relay for the rest of the the rest of the Reapers and says like, you know, he'd probably just be asleep and then wake up periodically to kind of evaluate galactic civilization. And this time when he tried to send the signal, like, you know, once civilization had reached wherever the extinction starts, uh, you know, the keepers ignored the signal because the Protheans had cut that signal off that's why he's working with the geth and saren right because he had to figure out another way to do it right and uh that's that's in in a couple beats i ask why Mm -hmm. the geth (laughs) um but i I asked about the beacons first and he says the beacons span the empire to make a uh galaxy a single galaxy wide network so the the protheans basically made the internet (laughs) (laughs) and the the messages on eden prime were sent from Ilos to give hope in case there was anybody out there. But we intercepted them and and it led mm-hmm. us to where they were. Wild. Yeah. It tells us one more time that the keepers are harmless and they're just keeping up the Citadel. Cool. Great. Just one one more point about the keepers. Yeah. Part of the reason why Sovereign could not trigger them this time is because they evolved. Yeah. They evolved um, to only respond to signals directly from the Citadel. So uh, that and that is like what the Ilos researchers took advantage of in order to to kind of like disable that <laughs> sovereign's ability to trigger them this time. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so that that is part of why this didn't work, because the keepers evolved unpredictably. <laughs> Yeah, it's unpredictable. The Reapers didn't didn't understand, you know, evolution that well, I yeah. guess, um, to realize that 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 was a possibility. Yeah. And so that's why Sovereign enlisted the help of the Geth, because they figured, OK, another synthetic is more predictable. Right, right. Very cool. I, I think I think using like saying the phrase like the, the, the Keepers evolved unpredictably is is it's very I, I don't know. It, it's. It's interesting because like we have been talking about the Reapers like there's some like unknowable force that's like, you know, more powerful than anything. Mm -hmm. And it's just like they couldn't understand like the simple, not simple, it's not simple, but like it is something that all organic species have, you know, Mm -hmm. benefited from, I guess, of of, uh, evolution. It's just like, oh, well, they can control a lot, but they can't control evolution. Right. And like clearly they understand evolution because they know that like the way that the process (laughs) goes is, um, you know. You wait until civilization literally evolves to to a certain point. Right. But uh, I feel like this highlights like the arrogance of the Reapers, especially mm-hmm. Sovereign. I mean, Sovereign really, we saw it back in Vermeer where he's like, you are scum beneath yeah. my shoe. Like, yeah. I, uh, you know, you can't possibly understand how sophisticated mm-hmm. the Reapers are and fuck you. Yeah. Um, it's like, dude, you apparently overlooked something yeah. when you, <laughs> you know. So I, I think it's, I don't know, it's just like another sort of thread in the tapestry of yeah. character 
characterizing these things, not just as like, oh, it's just like some big bad. It's they have like a personality. Um, yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. And, and even I, I think Vigil says it like, you know, normally the, the Reapers are like, you know, calm, cool, collected. They they will like mm-hmm. wait to strike. You know, they're, they're not into like the whole all out war thing. And so we're like, why is Sovereign doing this? He's like, I don't know. Maybe he got bored or impatient or just like upset that the stuff wasn't working and he's kind of acting out Mm -hmm. another really cool thing to like consider that the reapers are just like they just like have personalities they're not like these Mm -hmm. all-knowing beings it's just like a big robot you know yeah um it's just so cool so then uh we say that we're gonna go and vigil tells us that saren hasn't found it yet but he's close so we have to harry uh hasn't found the conduit yet so then we we roll out and on our way back to the elevator I guess up into the elevator. Tali says, uh, for all their great achievements, they lost everything just like us, which I thought was really, really, really sad. Yeah. But uh, but we uh, haven't lost yet. We Tally. haven't lost yet. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we do some more driving and we, uh, you know, crest this hill or whatever. And we see what looks like it's just a, a relay, but pointing up into the sky out of out of the ground. And we see them use it and then we have a 30 second countdown to get to it ourselves. Mm -hmm. We do. The Mako shoots straight up into the air, which is one of the funniest things this game has done. It is very funny. Yeah. Um, And then in there, uh, or I guess right before we drive the, mm-hmm. the Mako in, we see the the Geth and Sovereign arriving at the Citadel. Right. Gah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so then when we we take the conduit and then we get another another cutscene of seeing Sovereign like float into the Citadel and the arms of the Citadel begin to close mm-hmm. into this like cone shape or whatever. And Sovereign grabs on to um, I guess it's like where the, the council room is or whatever it's like that like tower yeah there's like a tower directly in the center of the citadel and the sovereign just like links up onto it and it's so fucking cool yeah um because like we've kind of seen the reapers like as as the ship and then like the guest ships kind of look like the reaper ship you know how the reapers look or whatever but it's at you know i think this is the first time we're like seeing the seeing sovereign and it's like oh this isn't a ship this is like a being Mm -hmm. um and it Mm -hmm. like opens up into like this hand shape or whatever that that just like grabs on to the 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 council chambers or whatever little cuttlefish like tentacles fucking cool um yeah so we arrive in the Mako immediately (laughs) flips and breaks rest in peace Mm -hmm. uh to the worst truck ever made (laughs) Uh, um, uh, we shoot some geth and then we talk to the VI that's like, there's fires everywhere. There's a lot of non-organic <laughs> life forms. Be careful. See ya. Yeah. I didn't ask questions of the VI. I don't know if there was anything interesting in there. I did. There's not like a ton. So, um, it tells you something that you find out later if you didn't ask, which is that the council was evacu- evacuated to the destiny ascension. Um, yeah, you can also does, yeah. ask about anderson and udina and she's like i can't tell you like where every individual is like (laughs) what the fuck do you want from me i'm a computer um (laughs) a computer that is like fully glitching out like the the the, the model of the lady is just like flipping backwards every once in a while and just like blink out of existence for a second you can also just ask like status report she's like we've lost all primary power um (laughs) the environmental controls are busted fires have broken out in like all these different sectors and yeah. there are high civilian casualties yeah, yeah. and hostels throughout the station. Oh, and you can ask her, like, where 
where is Saren? Um, and I don't know how she knows this, but <laughs> she knows that he is headed for the council chamber. Mm, yeah. Uh, so then we take an elevator <laughs> again. The final elevator? <laughs> the, I think I the final think, elevator, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we see more sovereign stuff happening and then the elevator breaks and we're like, well, I guess we're walking. <laughs> yeah. For First, just with that sovereign stuff, just to... Um, to mention, as as you see Sovereign come in, like you see the Citadel fleet trying to to mm. like oh my fight them off. God, off. yeah, and it, it gives you a great sense of like the scale of this thing because Sovereign just like there are these like little ships trying to shoot at Sovereign, and it just it doesn't even stop. It just barrels through them yeah. and destroys them. Fucking just, <sighs> Yeah. It just gives you Horrifying. a sense of like, holy shit, this thing is so powerful. And there are many of them that could be coming here if we don't yeah. stop this. This, um, the, the end of this game does an incredible job of like, it's not scary, but it's extremely existentially dreadful. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my God, the, the whole end of this game, I was like, this is horrifying. It felt like a threat. It really, it did. Yeah. It really felt, it felt like a threat. It was wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, back to this elevator thing, so back which to is the elevator. some of the coolest shit in the yeah. game. So I don't know if the power gets cut or something happens, yeah. but the elevator stops and Shepard's just like, all right, we're walking and then shoots a hole in the side of the elevator. And then we get like a camera angle change or whatever. And <laughs> they just like step foot out onto the side of the the fucking elevator platform you know with magnet boots or whatever mm -hmm. and they have uh, you know everybody's got their their helmets on because they are now just in space yeah and zero we gravity are zero gravity just like walking up the side of the tower and it's so fucking cool it's really cool the this the cutscene <sighs> does such a good job yeah. of like making you real i mean you see yeah shepherd sort of like from this like over the shoulder angle looking out over the edge of the the elevator yeah and it is just like mind-blowing and then they like jump out and immediately <laughs> land on the yeah, side i was like oh my god are we just gonna fly up and it's like no we're walking <laughs> we yeah are walking. it is oh my god it's just so well done it's um, so cool it's yeah. so cool so, so yeah you you yeah. walk up the side of this tower fighting yeah. geth and yeah. krogan <laughs> yeah and rules it's just I, I this was one of the moments like I'm not a huge photo mode person, like I'm not a mm -hmm. huge like character creation person. But like you come like once you begin playing this section, you just see Sovereign mm -hmm. in the background. Right. Like absolutely massive. You're like, you know, miles away or whatever. And it's still just this huge, you know, claw thing. Mm -hmm. I think cuttlefish is a great way to describe it because it is yeah. cuttlefish-esque. Just like attached to the citadel, just like smashing down one of its tentacles over and over again. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Um, like he's just like waiting patiently, just like, mm. but that like I had to, to pop out in photo mode and like get a picture of that because it's mm -hmm. like so horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like wild. Like, oh my God. Like what, if, how do we stop this? thing mm -hmm. and then you uh you know run up and you do some geth shooting and there are big geth and uh, there's also a fun bit uh i think it's rex who's like hey the gravity out here is low so like if you can toss people into the air you should do it and mm -hmm. i was like okay i'll let me use my fucking biotics for the fur 
Is it biotics that I have? Yes, you have yeah. biotics. Let me use my fucking biotics for like the third time in this game. Oh and God. I'm just like, I was throwing like all the Krogan and all the prime just like into the air and they would just float away. <laughs> and I would never <laughs> see them again. I was like, all right, see mm-hmm. ya. Uh, so yeah, you do that. There's a cool part where you uh, have to hack some turrets to shoot down a geth ship and my decryption was high enough that i was able to do them all Mm -hmm. uh so that was cool this is honestly like it was it was just another gunfight but like it really felt like like the i don't know what it was but like the stakes in this part of the game felt so high and so real and it didn't just feel like we're throwing guys at you for the sake of throwing guys at you like it felt Mm -hmm. like I don't know. It, it it felt purposeful, I guess. Yeah, I think it helps that there are phases like that because yeah. there are parts where it's like, OK, you're running down this corridor and taking cover and shooting some guys. And then you come out into like a bigger arena where you have that that fight with the turrets where it's like you got to take the ship down because until you do, they're just going to keep dropping more yeah. geth. And then there's another part where now there are turrets uh, facing you that you have to take out um, while there are also Geth shooting at you. So it's like there's enough variation that this is like an extended sequence of of combat, but it doesn't feel like, oh, my God. okay, like, (laughs) yeah, I get Mm -hmm. it. You know, like it's the way that they designed the level to have these little phases, I think, is what helped to make it kind of fun and have mm-hmm. some variation there yeah definitely definitely so then we make it to the council area kill some more geth and then we find Saren, mm-hmm. um who had just like entered the the codes i don't know um and then you know the console he's at like turns green and disappears and then he sees us running up so he jumps off the edge and i knew what was going to happen because we've already mm-hmm. seen him on this fucking hoverboard but we stare at it we stare at that empty space for a couple seconds and then he floats up on his hoverboard (laughs) and we have a conversation yep saren tells us that we're just in time you know he's worried that we were going to miss you know sovereign you know opening the relay and stuff and tells us that uh since vermeyer sovereign has upgraded him Mm -hmm. uh and made him made him he says it's like a perfect harmony of organic and synthetic, but he's just like, he's just a robot now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. I like, I don't know what to tell you. You're a robot. Uh, I tell him that I have a way to stop this. He says, you need to give in there. There's, there are more to these, to these, uh, these lines, but these, this, you know, this is the gists of all of these choices. That yeah. I make. And I basically like, I tell him like, you've given up. Like, you're not even trying to, you know, do what you set out to do before with like, you know, maybe if I give up, then we can, you know, surrender or whatever. Like, you're just you are you're fully indoctrinated now. Like you you are it. And then he like has a moment. And I think this is because I had managed to like convince him on Vermeer that like, hey, maybe you have been indoctrinated, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a moment of like, maybe there is like a way that whatever. And halfway through that thought, he gets like, you know, buzzed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, my brain <laughs> and and tells tells me that it's too late for me and then then Gortney stands up from behind the cover she was at which to be fair was just a railing was mm-hmm. not actual any substantial cover um stands up and like looks Saren directly in the eyes and says <laughs> i chose the the intimidate option which was there's mm-hmm. a way to stop this if you're strong enough uh and he stops and stares we get a close-up on his face and he says you're right and then he shoots himself in the head if you have enough Paragon, Renegade, and uh, Charm and Intimidate, which Jin did not. <gasps> no way! So you had to fight him? Yeah, I, I knew that this was probably going to happen um, yeah. because I, I have been going back and forth and I have been, for the first time ever, trying not to min-max. Sure. Um, so 
yeah, I had to fight him. It's the first time I've ever had to fight him. The fight sucks. Really? <laughs> like sucks? Like it's hard or it's, it's just like hard. Bad? It's hard. Oh, okay. Just because uh, you have him on his little hoverboard um, and he like can shoot things at you that can like disable your gun for a bit, which is very annoying. Oh, I, that's the worst power. It's so annoying. I'm like, I my pistol is perfect and you've. <laughs> You've ruined it. You've ruined it. You've ruined my pistol. Um, But then at the same time, occasionally, like, Geth will sort of, like, charge at you from, they'll, like, come up the stairs. Sure, sure, sure. And so, like, he would always disable my gun right as they were coming. Oh, my God. So I was like, God damn it. And it was always, again, my pistol where I have my tungsten rounds and it's, like, perfect for fighting Geth. Mm. So I had to do that one a few times. Uh, Wow. Yeah, it was uh, was annoying. Like, this moment is incredible it's Mm -hmm. so wild because i fully expected there to be a fight no matter what i said because like this has been this is what we've been leading to like the last Mm -hmm. fight that we had on vermeyer i got him down to like half health or whatever and then he left like it was Mm -hmm. like you know that was the pre-battle battle battle. like okay here we go let's do this thing and then the fact that there just is fully an option for for him like for Mm -hmm. you to not even get into a fight at all right blows my mind Straight up blows my mind. I was like, I can't believe we're ending this game with no boss fight. It turns out I was wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in the moment, I was like, holy, holy shit. Yeah. I can't believe the game has just done this. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I think is great because it's a great demonstration of, like, the point of the game all right. along, which is, like, if you, you know, up those skills enough, yeah, it is going to unlock important stuff. Um, right. So it's, again, I think that there are criticisms to be had with the way that, like, the game wants to railroad you in <laughs> one direction or the other in order to to get these big moments. Sure. Um, which are, you know, not only rewarding because you don't have to, like, fight Saren, but it is, like... Yeah. It's a rewarding moment to to see him have one moment of, oh, holy shit. Like, I, you yeah. know, to see him yeah. overcome indoctrination for that second. Incredible. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's so fucking good. It's really good. Uh, really so, good. yeah, when you either when you kill him yourself or uh, when he kills himself, he falls through this like mm. glass floor, basically, that that leads to this little garden. Yeah. It's so funny. He falls in slow-mo, smashes through the glass. It's just yeah. like, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, very good. Um, so yeah, he falls, he falls into that garden. And then you uh, approach the console he was at, upload Vigil's file, uh, and take control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the arms begin to open on the Citadel. We get a, a couple of broken up transmissions, and then we finally get connected to Joker. Well, <sighs> the broken up transmissions that we get. Um, oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. They are from it's a distress signal from the Destiny right. Ascension. Again, they have the council on board and they are in need of. Help. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something along the lines of like outnumbered, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, send help, blah, blah, blah. And then Joker's like, hey, I'm sitting here at the at the relay with the. Uh, the oh, God. What what is the, the the militia that he has with him? It's some like the Arturus. Uh, yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Which is just like an alliance army. Yeah. You know, or an alliance fleet, I guess. And it's like, you know, we can we can show up right now. We could probably. Yeah, we, <laughs> we could, could answer probably, that distress signal. Right. Um, or uh, we can wait until the arms open so that we have as many ships as possible to take on Sovereign. And then the game 
gives you a choice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is like specific to Rex and Tali or if it's just like one of your squad mates is for it and one of your squad mates is against it. Yeah, that's universal. Um, Um, It'll be, you know, whoever is the more paragon of the squad mates will be like, Mm. we should save the council. And whoever is the more renegade will be like, that's a lot of human casualties. Tali was the one who who thought we should save the council. And Rex was the was the one who who thought we should wait and and spare, Uh, you know, sacrifice the council for the good of the galaxy for me it was uh, liara was pro council so then tali was yeah, anti that's funny that's funny <laughs> yeah and they both made pretty good points mm-hmm. if i'm being fair and i didn't think this game was going to make me put down my controller for 10 minutes two times <gasps> Ooh, but it okay. sure did it sure did mm. and i just like stared at this <laughs> this decision screen so we had spare the council let the council die or sovereign is more important or something is like mm-hmm. the, the middle option and I had a feeling that the only real like the only one that would have ended up with the council alive was the save the council option. Mm-hmm. Um, but I chose the we need to concentrate on sovereign. So did I. Because I think in that moment and I, and I, I really went back and forth a whole lot mm-hmm. of like, is this the choice that Gortney would make or is mm-hmm. this the choice that I am making? Because, you know, whatever. And I do think that is the choice Gortney would make of like, I don't care. <laughs> about what happens to the council. We need to make sure that this exit literal existential threat Mm -hmm. is destroyed like at any cost. So like I I told them, you know, I said sovereign is most important. And so you, so you pick the middle option. I picked the middle option. Yeah. Oh, I picked let the council die. Council die. Yeah. I picked the renegade option because this is, I think the uh, culmination of Jin's heel turn where he's like, fuck this i'm done with this shit yeah like i'm getting shit done now yeah um, i think i think that's where where gortney and Jin differ is it's mm-hmm. gortney is more of kind of an apathetic view of the of the council of like i you're not doing what's best but i don't really care i'm gonna keep doing my thing whereas Gortney Jin's, is practical yeah where Jin's view is just like fuck the council i hate yeah. these guys yeah <laughs> um, uh so that that's funny but either way I, both of those choices end up with the council dead um i don't mm-hmm. know if your cutscene would be the same then joker shows up with the Arturian fleet, mm-hmm. uh, the council ship is like, thank God you're here. Like, please help us. And then Joker cuts the transmission. That's the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. OK, yeah, um, it's it, it's so oh, it's they, fucking brutal. Yeah, because you see you see these like Asaria and the Destiny Ascension, like, you know, we, thank you. We're so glad you're here. And it's like it's like two of them. And uh, there's like the captain and like, I guess the the pilot or whatever. Um, and the captain is the one who's like, thank you so much. And like you see the the human fleet mm-hmm. sort of just like start to pass by them. Mm-hmm. And one of them goes, Captain, they cut the trans, they, you know, they cut comms, like they cut the line or whatever. So you really feel the weight of that decision. Yeah. Huh? Well, <laughs> like, and it's like it's it's we get the inside view of the Normandy of like Joker hearing this transmission. Mm-hmm. He just clicks it off. And mm-hmm. it, it, it cuts. But then we cut back to yeah. the alliance ship or the, the 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 council ship where she is still like screaming into the microphone, like, thank you so much. Please help us, whatever. And then it's that moment of like they they cut comms. Yeah. So um, they like realize they're doomed. And sure enough, they we sure see the destiny enough. ascension destroyed. Yeah. Fucking God. Brutal. Um, I, 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 in my notes, I wrote Joker closed the, the channel. Brutal. And then my next note says, anyway, we can rebuild a governing body, not a whole galaxy. LOL. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, um, because I was halfway, I was halfway through writing like my, my thought process there. So I was like, mm-hmm. uh, save the council at the expense of human life or let the council die probably to give the arms time to open. I chose concentrating on sovereign is more important because like we can Joker close the channel. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, we can rebuild a governing body, not the whole galaxy. That's so funny. Uh, so, 
they roll through, shoot Sovereign a whole bunch, bang, bang, bang. And then we cut back inside the Citadel. Uh, Spe- uh, Shepard says, make sure he's dead. Uh, talking about mm-hmm. Saren and Rex and Tali jump jump down or walk down, whatever. I don't know. Um, and Rex just fully walks up to him and just pops him right in the head one more time. Like, yeah, unfortunately, Tali is the one who did that for me. I yeah. I didn't think this through and think about the fact that I was really putting Tali in the position of having to be a little villainous here. <laughs> no, that's not villainous. Come on. No. Yeah. She's um, yeah. And then, they're like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> he's like, he's for sure dead. And then some shit starts happening. And mm-hmm. my only note here is, uh, so <laughs> this is all from I'll, my, my mind. He, t- he yeah. starts turning red and like convulsing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like, uh, Saren, Saren's body. Um, and then he like floats up into the air and like rips his skin off and basically like rips all the organic pieces off of him. Um, and is now just a, a skeletal. He, he's basically one of those skinny geth guys that jump around. Right. Uh, froggy geth as I call them. The, yes. The froggy Which geth. is unfair to frogs who I love. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hate the froggy geth, but yeah. Uh, I said he takes the form of the worst enemy. <laughs> um, the, f- the, whatever the anti frog of the week is. <laughs> right. Is that. Yeah wild yeah and i think the i love i think the implication is like sovereign has like activated his implants yeah 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 yeah. yeah. frankly i hate this fight (laughs) (laughs) i i always die uh multiple times in this fight oh really um, because i'm bad at games and um i listen i love the girlies (laughs) <laughs> which is what I started. I always give, I always give my, I have like a consistent squad that I always pick in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, because as we talked about, you like need a certain balance of skills. And so when I first played, it was what I called the boyfriend squad, which was Caden Garris. Nice. And this time it's the girlies, Tali and, <laughs> and Liara. Um, and listen, I love the girlies. The mm-hmm. girlies are both so squishy mm. And for some reason, refused to take cover. Oh my so God. I had to hit Unity so many times. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't. Ugh. I haven't. I haven't had to Unity. I don't think I Unityed on Vermeer. And I don't think I Unityed for the rest of the game. I don't know if I just got lucky Once with again, the upgrades I give games. them. Or, this yeah. is why I'm not playing Elden Ring right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, fair enough. Did you yeah. did you like upgrade their armor and stuff? Like, did you do all yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Liara's got like that cute pink fit. Um, and Tali has the very well, good armor that I got yeah. her for, yeah. from, um, what's it called? Uh, from bring down the sky. Yeah. But did so, you, yeah. did you like put the upgrades on yeah. them? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. They okay. Have upgrades. Yeah. I don't know. By the, by the end of the game, I think There's Shepard had machine. two medical exoskeletons. So I was recovering seven mm-hmm. HP per second. Uh, I had Tally with, with one medical exoskeleton and something that, you know, did armor less. Or gave her more armor or something. I don't know. That's surprising. Yeah, I hadn't had a down squad mate. I don't know if I'm definitely like, regardless of how good either of us is at the game, the AI is the same amount of dumb or good. Um, And they I don't know. Uh, Anyway, I only had to do this fight once because I'm a gamer. So we get him to half health and then and then we go back to the outside of the Citadel and we see Sovereign is just like shooting lasers. (laughs) Mm-hmm. from its fingers um and blowing up ships and then we cut back in we do the rest of the fight kill the bone guy is what, is what i started calling him um kill saren's sovereignized body i guess mm-hmm. and then uh sovereign itself the 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 ship or being i don't even know what to call it just like powers down and then joker's like oh there's its shields are down it's stunned or whatever we need to mm-hmm. we need to take advantage of this and like does some 
wild flying around yeah. to fire one missile in at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, then I feel like they didn't. I don't know if the implicate because like at this point it it as it loses its shields it also like falls off the tower yeah so it's like Underside. soft tentacly underbelly is yeah. exposed and I guess the implication is like these are the maneuvers that Joker does to shoot the belly but like he could have shot the belly like, he could have shot the belly it wouldn't yeah. have been that hard either way no but it looks sick it looks sick and this is a oh this game is so good in so many ways and it's directed so well mm -hmm. um. We talked about in the beginning of the game uh, when Saren kills Nihilus, how we see him raise the gun and then we cut yeah. back to us and there's that gunshot in the distance. Amazing. Incredible. Beautiful. Wow. Mm -hmm. We see uh, Joker blow Sovereign up, blows up into a, a bunch of pieces. You know, we see just these pieces floating around space and mm -hmm. then we hone in on one just like what looks like a little bitty piece Mm -hmm. of the robot flying toward the, the Citadel Tower. And then we cut back to Shepard, Rex and Tali mm -hmm. to see this massive, massive chunk of metal flying at them. Yeah. And it was just like, fuck. It's really <laughs> it was good. So good. It was so yeah. cool. So the tower, the piece hits the tower. And then my next notes are all just, uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> to varying degrees of capitalization and boldness. Uh, mm -hmm. that Google Docs will allow. Um, <laughs> and uh, we cut ahead, I don't know, a few minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, Alliance soldiers and stuff walking around. Anderson Very and Adina are there. Very dramatic music playing. Very dramatic music playing. Uh, hence the uhs, because I was like, is my whole squad dead? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, they lift up a piece of rubble and Rex and Tali are there. It's like, okay, great. And my pals are alive. Am mm -hmm. I dead? Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Bortney there's just, a moment of suspense. There is a moment of suspense. There is a moment and, of suspense. Uh, Anderson's like, "Where's the commander?" And for me, it was Liara. Just like shook her head sadly. Yeah, Rex shakes his head. And they they like start sort of like helping Tali and Liara leave. But then I guess they like hear a sound or something. <laughs> I don't know because the music is swelling. Yeah. And Anderson looks back. <laughs> And here comes Jin. <laughs> it's so one of the cheesiest things. Very cheesy. One of the one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen in a video game mm -hmm. in my life. <laughs> one of the <laughs> dumbest things of like Shepard like unscathed, standing on mm -hmm. top of this pile of rubble, basically in a Superman pose, like yeah, <laughs> uh, fists on hips, like uh -huh. I've done it. I've saved the galaxy. <laughs> um, yeah, and they, I, I love to. They like start walking towards their friends, and, and they, they smile. Yeah, dude, and then. And like they walk sort of past the frame of the camera and it ends really good. Really, yeah. really, really, really good. And then we get one final cut scene mm -hmm. um, talking to Adina about the council. Whoops. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. um, and then he says, we, we being humanity need to take the lead forming the new council. And I wrote, mm -hmm. do we? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that whole thing like rubs me completely the wrong way of like, mm -hmm. all right, we need to take advantage of this power vacuum and say that we're the ones in charge now, even though we've only been here for 26 years mm -hmm. and we don't know shit about shit. Whatever. You're the one who let the council die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that let the council die. That is fair. But it wasn't the choice uh, about the council, you know, right. it's about the universe or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so basically, 
I say forcing us in a leadership position, like forcing humanity into a leadership position will cause problems. Um, and then Houdini's like, well, they want us to step forward because they saw how great humanity can be because of mm-hmm. you. Uh, to which I said, LOL, okay. Like, <laughs> it feels really weird to pass that on to me. I, like, I didn't do this for mm-hmm. humanity. <laughs> I did this to save the galaxy. And then Anderson's like, no, he's right. Like, they will welcome our leadership. And then I then finally mm-hmm. another another choice that the video game gives you um, is, hey, who's the chairman of the new council? <laughs> um, and then I had I really I had a crisis about like, what's the AJ choice and what's the Gortney choice here? Mm-hmm. And I, I decided that if I chose the middle option here, like that choice is probably Udina. So like not making a choice is also making a choice. And I think mm-hmm. Courtney would have realized that and would rather have Anderson in power. OK, so then then Udina. Yeah. So I picked Anderson um, to which Udina is like surprisingly like, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> um, I say, you know, we need someone with military experience because we are getting ready for an all out mm-hmm. war. Um, so Anderson is the best choice. And Udina is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that, that makes sense. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. not bitter about it at all, which felt weird to me, yeah. um, but that's fine. And then I, uh, Shepard finally says, the Reapers are still out there. I'm going to find a way to stop them uh, and walk away. And then Anderson gives a rousing speech mm-hmm. um, about, you know, we have we have to show the galaxy what it takes to survive with the other races behind us. We can drive them. We can drive the Reapers back into dark space. Yeah. Uh, what was your choice there? Uh, so I always pick Anderson because yeah. I fucking hate Udina. He sucks. This is the first time ever I chose Udina. No way. Um, which, yes, I know some people justify this decision and how I'm justifying it here as Anderson does not want to work a, you know, sure. stuffy government job. He's yeah, a, fair. yeah, he's a, you know, a soldier. He wants to be a soldier. So um, that's how. I justify it, but yeah. Ooh, but oh my God. Anderson is obviously the right choice. Obviously the right choice. Okay, so wait, what happens? Yeah. What happens? What does Udina say? I think, you know, Shepard's kind of like, we need somebody who's like experienced in politics. So I think you'd be a good choice. <laughs> because Udina. we don't have a council. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, I mean, they're both chill with it. I don't think Anderson really cares. And then Udina gives that speech. And it, it is so funny that Shepard is walking away and he's just like giving this speech yeah. just to Anderson, right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just so bizarre. And yeah, the that's how it ends. The music wow. swells again and yeah. we get like a still image of It's cool. It is cool. I like it. Yeah. Um of Shepard like against a space backdrop mm-hmm. looking triumphant. And that's the game. And that's the game. The video game is good. <laughs> good video game. God. <laughs> so this is the general thoughts part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and man. Uh, <laughs> this is something. So 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 part of the reason I love this show so much and part of the reason mm-hmm. I like uh, the other show I work on 10 very big books so much is that they're very specific in the things that we're talking about every episode mm-hmm. because I have something I have a really hard time with. <laughs> is is having articulate general thoughts about things (laughs) 
especially when I like them. Um, So that is going to be the case for me today is I love (laughs) this game so much. Yeah. um, And I'm going to have a hard time saying that in any other way besides just like me starting a sentence and then ending ending it with, oh, it's just so good. Yeah. Um, Because that's how I feel about pretty much every single thing in this game is that it's all really, really good. It's a really well designed game. It's a really well written game. It's really well directed. The voice acting is hit and miss sometimes. Mm -hmm. But just from like start to finish, this game is so good. And something I kept thinking as the credits were rolling is that it's just so nice to be able to have non-complicated feelings about a video game. (laughs) It is just so nice to be like, hey, this was fun and I liked doing it. And it was the perfect amount of time and I could Mm -hmm. totally play it again, but I don't need to. Yeah. Um, And I think I probably will at some point in my life, but like the story is just so good and there's so it's yeah. just all really, really good. And it's a really well-made game. And I really, really am glad that I finally played it. Um, I, I'm really glad too. I'm glad that you had that experience and not only that it's like, Oh yeah, it was a good game. But like, I feel like you are now on this, the same page that I am. Where uh, yeah. It's like, I would die for this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm on the train. I I've had, I mean, you said it yesterday when I told you I finished and I had another friend, Brendan t- say the same thing of like, uh like i now just fully want to play the other two um like right now i just want to keep going um and and that's like part of what's so great about these games or this game at least being the length it is Mm -hmm. it's like you know 20 25 30 hours isn't short you know generally for like Mm -hmm. most things um but for a video game i think that is like the perfect length it really felt like every day i played i would play for a couple hours i felt like i would really make some progress i would actually learn stuff about the characters and the story and like what's going on mm. and i would feel really good about it about that progress you know yeah uh, it uh, it's just really good mm-hmm. and <laughs> i the the next couple of games are bigger yeah but they they feel i don't know they they don't necessarily i mean maybe mass effect 3 a little bit can can feel overwhelming mm. in terms of like how much there is to do but i i do feel like these games give you a good balance of okay here are your story missions here is like the linear path um but there is room for you to kind of explore and right. I, I think it gets better in the subsequent games where uh the side missions are a little bit more interesting a little bit less one note mm. and the the combat is also more fun so there is more enjoyment in you know just going to do something where it's like oh i'm just gonna like shoot up this base and you know get like a you know a resource or something so yeah we can uh that'll be a a conversation for the future because i we spoiler alert are gonna play mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 at some point yeah um not immediately which is painful but uh personally I started a Mass Effect 2 run with a different character last night. Um, <laughs> Another like I, a, a new one. A new one. Yeah. Wow. I I just I really wanted to to just get in there. I was just so excited. Um, <laughs> that, that'll give you a chance to make a list of side quests that I should do. That's and actually actually that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not to make that not to make this playthrough also work. <laughs> but. Well, I do. I want to again with that one kind of if you want, let you take the reins in terms of, you know, what we do. Cause it is, again, it's, it's another situation where like it's linear, but you have a few different options of where Mm. you go first and what you do first. And, Mm. um, it's, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun for you to like chart our course. So I'm looking forward to that. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just like you said, there's a lot of great stuff about it. Not everything lands, (laughs) but most of it does. And most of it lands really well. And it's just... Oh, it's just a good experience. I like I can't stress enough if this is not a game that you have played, even if you have been spoiled for it now Mm. by listening to this. It's worth picking up because it's it's just a fun time. And I think, too, I am glad that we did this so close in time to Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, Not to I know neither of us like ever want to talk about that game again. Yeah, but, well, not um, yeah, yeah. We've just talked about it so much. It's not anything against the you know. Yeah, but, but I I do think that they share a lot of interesting DNA in absolutely. terms of um you know the way that you're getting to know characters the the idea that there's this like big story going on and then these little stories within that kind of um add to the investment and the emotional stakes. And the the concept of the the theme of choice and, Mm. you know, how your choices sort of shape the world, which is, you know, not uncommon in games. But I think Mass Effect does an amazing job of it. Whereas with Fire Emblem, it's kind of like, okay, you make one choice at the beginning and Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's see what happens. Um, And and to be fair, you say it's common in games. It's common in games now. Yeah. In 2007, when Mass Effect came out, like this is probably... You know, this was like a a way bigger thing. And I mean, you Mm -hmm. you only make a few like big choices throughout it. And then you kind of have the illusion of choice about, you know, conversation throughout the rest of the game. But those big choices you do make, the fact that they are going to have implications for the next games um, seems wild. Even the little choices sometimes have have um, impact. But but you're right. They those big choices absolutely do. And I mean, it's not just, uh, you know, I can't spoil anything, but sure. It's like there are ripple effects to to the choices that you make that will change things in big ways. Um, Obviously not like tremendous because it, you know, it has to be kind of like the same linear story. But the the contours of it will be very different and very interesting based on what happened in Mass Effect 1. So um, I'm really excited for you to see that. But yeah, I, I like you said, I think that. One of the strengths of this game is the focus, like we're focused in on this one big story um, and we have, you know, all these different characters who are sharing lore about the world and and, you know, giving us interesting sort of like emotional stakes. But it is still there's only a few of those characters in future games. There will be more, but it's um, it still unfolds in a way that I think is for the most part like digestible. And I just think that for for this type of story that that you're trying to tell and for these themes and I just think that Mass Effect does it so well and maybe that's <laughs> part of why I struggled with with Fire Emblem a little bit cuz it mm. it felt so sprawling and I think I was expecting kind of everything to come together in the end with all the different runs that didn't really happen. But yeah, I think I think Mass Effect does a really good job of giving you what feels like an entire galaxy. It is able to be absorbed and in, you know, like you said, 25, 30 hours or whatever. Right. It's just it's my favorite. These are my favorite video games. And I'm just so happy that you uh, got to experience them (laughs) and experience and your experience was so good. Yeah, I'm also very glad that I enjoy these games as much as 
I, I, these games have been hyped up for me since they came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were kind of like I, I had pa- I had passed the threshold of having high expectations, I think, to then looping back around to being to like kind of lowering my expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but then recently with Legendary Edition coming out and like me editing into the Aether and them talking about it and following all these people on Twitter talking about it and seeing like you and my mm-hmm. other friends like play the game for the first time and be like, wow, these games are really good. That kind of brought my ex- it, I, I kind of did like an entire like a double bell curve. I guess mm-hmm. or like I came up and my expectations were high and then they went back down and then seeing people again they went back up um so I was kind of nervous coming to this game I was like maybe I'm not gonna like it as much and then I'm gonna let people down blah blah, blah. but I was immediately in I think I think you could tell from our first episode that I was like fully mm-hmm. into this game the fact that I spent any time at all in the codex uh in the first couple hours <laughs> yeah. of that game like of yeah I was fully bought in from from the get so I I just oh man it's a good game, and I, I really would highly recommend people play it if you haven't played it. I do just want to bring up one gripe that I have with this game. Oh, yeah. Is that I think the love relationships in this game mm-hmm. do not need to exist. <laughs> I agree with you. I think there's no reason for them to be there besides to be like, look, you can date an alien, like, mm-hmm. I, or maybe even not. You can date an alien. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, cause Because correct me if I'm wrong, but in this game, you can only, like, Liara is the only romanceable alien which is which is fucked up for a whole other reason um because they are coded as female and you Mm -hmm. can end up with you can end up in a same quote-unquote same-sex relationship with f shep and then there is no analog for that with m shep um Mm -hmm. which is just a kind of like gross thing to be like only women are allowed to be gay yeah um yeah but that's a whole other thing and it's you know Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's like even worth really getting into, but just like the relationship, the, the relationships in this game. And I think you had said this in like the second or third episode is like the, the, the aliens and other characters, uh, the, 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 the squad mates in mm-hmm. this game exist purely as lore dumps. Yeah. <laughs> and to try and code that into anything that is like a relationship or like romantic or anything mm-hmm. just feels like weird and kind of shoehorned in t- to me. And, and I'm not saying that it's like, that's not a thing that is, isn't worth exploring or something because I think there's certainly like, I think that's certainly super interesting. It's like, you know, you spend this time around these people, you, you know, you're going through these wild life changing events like day by day. So obviously mm-hmm. you're going to form these huge relationships with these people. But like, I think I, I think, I think the, the, the romantic relationship in this, in this game would have been better served ending like where my first Liara conversation did with like, Mm -hmm. obviously we had, there's something here, but there's a lot of other stuff going on and I'm not really sure if I'm ready to explore that yet. And I think if that's where that left in this game and then picked up in mass effect two is like, look, I know we had talked and we've spent more time together now. And like, we've kind of gotten to know each other outside of just like, what is, what is your culture? Like, like what, what is, you know, I, I think, it would it would it would have just paid off way better for me for this to be more protracted thing as opposed to like mm-hmm. you know we are approaching the end of this game we need to make them fuck yeah. um, and yeah. then and then never never come back to it like and that's i think even part of it too is like we we had the sex scene we did the thing and then the game ends there again, like that's yeah. that's the end of it like even if there was like one scene at the end where we came back to liara and we like embraced or something or mm-hmm. we're just like like there didn't even necessarily need to be a whole cutscene. like if we mm-hmm. just saw them together like in you know more of a, a an intimate way and you know just like an embrace or whatever i think that would even i i, I would have a, a a less harsh view of it but in this game it just feels like you can f- you can fuck the hot alien yeah <laughs> and that's it yeah <laughs> um so. um yeah so i i think that 
I agree with you. I think in isolation, the romance in this game feels often gross, <laughs> mm. often, I mean, in all cases, underbaked. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's why it is such a goof <laughs> that yeah. you talk to someone three times and they're like, thank you for being in love with me. Yeah. But the payoff in future games is really what makes it worth it. Which sure. Obviously, again, this game in isolation, it's it it's not narratively justified. And I think I actually never thought about this, but I agree with you that it probably would have been better to leave off on the, you know, that first romantic conversation mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, we've gone through this together and now we've developed these feelings. I think when you see kind of what happens in in Mass Effect 2, mm-hmm. you'll sort of start to see the the payoff and why. I, I think it'll be interesting for you because you romance Liara. It'll be a little bit different. There are, because I can't, I, I'm yeah. like trying to <laughs> dance around it. And again, do I think that they necessarily went into this being like, oh, you know, we're going to do it this way because it'll pay off then? Sure. I don't know. But but certainly when they wrote Mass Effect 2, they, uh, I think, did a very good job of figuring that out. <laughs> and um, uh, so I, I'm excited for to talk about eventually kind of what happens there and how it comes back around and starts to feel a little bit better and more cohesive. But I, I, I do think that you're right. I think that um, it, it does feel a little unnecessary um, and and kind of out of step. And I agree. A lot of the aliens don't don't have strong personalities in this game. The exception is obviously Rex. Um, he is a strong personality from the beginning. You know mm-hmm. exactly what Rex is about. Garrus a little bit more so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Liara is kind of just like n- nerdy girl who's like, uh, you know, has her first yeah. crush, essentially. Right, right. Um, and Tali um, is very cool. And I I do feel like we we get a little bit more personality flavor um, in moments like like we talked about at the beginning of this episode where um, and she's like, oh, it's so exciting yeah. that we're, <laughs> we're fugitives. Yeah. I do think every character blossoms uh, in the future games. Um, and I think that it's very possible that uh, for those of us who've played the full trilogy, mm. that <laughs> that knowledge colors how we feel about sure. the romance in the first game. Sure, sure, sure. But to to your point about how leaving it off at that first romantic conversation would have been better. This is not to spoil anything too much, but it's part of why I love the Garrus romance so much. Mm. Um, because that, that romance has a real evolution mm-hmm. that I think benefits from the fact that in this game, he was not romanceable. Um, and again, like they, <laughs> apparently the, the, lore is that bioware was like oh yeah we're gonna have like this alien who's clearly like attractive to humans and then there will be other aliens and then they were um blown away by (laughs) the response of the fans being like i want to romance garris i want to romance tali they created a generation of monster fuckers exactly exactly hello monster fuckers anonymous (laughs) um i was never before this game but um I think that that's the thing that um, makes that romance for me so good is that you see it evolve and it feels organic in that way. And then even with the romances in this game, seeing how those change 
maybe tested, mm. uh, you know, seeing what happens if you choose to romance someone else. It, it That can all be very rewarding. Sure. You know, when we get to Mass Effect 2, it's obviously your choice, but um, I think it could be fun for you to see <laughs> kind of like how that what happens if you pick somebody else sure um and yeah to the to the point of queer romances i agree it it's so shitty that you can't uh you know m shep can't get with kaden uh right but they're by mass effect three because again like i said in mass effect two it's like uh they almost regress in that way mm. but by mass effect three there are a lot of a lot more options um, for queer romances. Sure. There is. Oh, you know what? I think I'll just tell you this because neither of us uh, has Caden. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> in Mass Effect 3, Caden is romanceable by M. Shep. Hey. Um, which I am intending to do in my uh, Jeb run eventually nice. when I get there, which I just love because it's like, oh, OK. So like he is uh canonically by which is great um and i've heard that that like that unfolds in a really interesting way you sure. know just like him coming to terms with the fact that like he is attracted to his his you know friend uh mm. <laughs> you know of the same gender but yeah it is in this game it is very 2007 very well <laughs> uh, you know homosexual relationships between men would be too gross but right, homosexual right, right, relationships right. between women are hot yeah. so it's just uh, yeah. stupid and to be um, fair like i haven't you know i'm sure there's discourse about that online uh but i have not dipped into it at all so i don't know what has been said and what has not been said so i don't want to like i mean there is there is uh, there's not much else to say except like it sucks right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but is not surprising for a game from from this time mm. and it is nice at least that by the end they start offering a few more options yeah um yeah but yeah i i'm i'm excited for you to see where the romance goes in the future because i think yeah. they they start to get it more right as the series goes along cool um the and seeing the arc of a relationship over the course of it makes it feel much more realistic mm. and i mean it's hit or miss there are some characters i think where uh, if you romance them in two, say there is a little bit of this, like you talk to them a few times and it's like, so we're in uh, love. Right. But mm. it, I, I think m overall, most of the romances in that game are uh, better handled, better written, sure. a little feel a little more organic. Yeah. Um, and I think I think maybe um, if I had done the side missions as well, I would feel less like it was kind of like pushed and rushed. Mm -hmm. But even then, I don't know. Yeah, uh -huh. even then, because like it, at most you're, you know, on a planet with them where they don't talk unless you like turn to them and maybe yeah. they'll be like, I'm, you know, tell me where to go and I'll do it. And, <laughs> you know, like that's that I don't know that sure. it necessarily would add a lot because um, yeah. it's those in those conversations that you really get that yeah, characterization. That's true. That's true. Um, and those are only between story missions. <sighs> yeah. Well, but that's yeah, it's I'm a good excited game. for you. The future. Game. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to, to play the other two. Yeah, yeah I, 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 <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. It's it's I had a great time with this game. I'm really glad I played it. Um, It was great to play uh, alongside you on the podcast, as yeah, I anticipate too. all games will be. I'm surprised at how many uh, decisions we made that were the same. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, part of me is like, oh man, maybe I wish I had like played a more Paragon character or committed to one side or the other. But luckily I can speak to, this is why I did it this way. I can speak to, you know, the very Paragon side. Right. Right. Um, either way. So yeah, we I'm discuss that. When yeah. we get there. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to our, our opposite councils. I'm really curious about that. Mm-hmm. I am really, really curious what that looks I think, like. Yeah. Like I said, I think there are some things where like, it's always kind of going to be relatively the same because sure, sure, sure. of a linear story, but it has implications for like the contours of how things look. And so um, I think, yeah, that'll be an interesting difference and yeah. um, it'll be interesting to talk about the other differences. Yeah. Because I think I can pretty much cover all of the the differences in the big major decisions. Nice. And what that's going to look like either way. So. Cool. All right. Um, do you have yeah. final ranking? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know if they change really, because like there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of crew interaction here. Yeah. Uh, and Tali's already at S, so I can't bump her up for saying who wants to go to the spooky tunnel. Um <laughs> S for spooky tunnel. S for spooky, right? No, I honestly, I th- I think everybody remains where they are. I think um, what Ashley was at a D. I think so. I yeah, you you have my ranking. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Oh no, you had her at a C last time. I think maybe you were gonna put her at a D and then you bumped her up to a C for some reason. Oh, because I I, I can fix her. I think is my maybe. <laughs> um. And then, and then what was Liara A and then everybody else you had, has? You had Liara to B. Jesus. Oh, right. Um, Caden at an A and oh. everyone else has. Yeah, I think that all remains the same. Because mm-hmm. uh, like, I mean, there wasn't like there was the, the Liara scene, but for all intents and purposes, that was just a, can we bone before we maybe die? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's it. Sorry. Um, much, much less dynamic rankings, uh, for, yeah. this, for this one. Um, but we yeah. get, we get more and more crew members as the games go on, right? You do. And I think that there's more room for, uh, variation as the yeah. games go on as well. Yeah. My rankings were yeah. Ashley C, Caden and Liara A and the rest S. I think mm-hmm. that is basically going to be the same. I almost <laughs> want to drop Ash to a D because yeah. I thought that romance scene sucked so bad. But I didn't do it. I did not make this decision because of that. I made it to see for the future right. games right. how that's going to look. Um, so I'm holding out hope that we might see some more growth and interesting stuff from Ash in the future. Sure. Um, so far, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Well, AJ, thanks for, um, yeah. Going to space with me. Yeah, this was great. I had such a good time. I'm really glad that we played this game. Me too. Uh, yeah. I, do you have anything else to say before we, we wrap up? No. Cool. Um, Thank you, as always, uh, to Scout for making our wonderful episode art. Uh, Her links are in the show notes if you'd like to look at her art or commission her to make art for you, which I would recommend both of those things. Uh, Thank you, Amaranthan, for writing our 
theme music uh, that you're hearing right now. Uh, if you want to buy his music or listen to his music, it's all on Bandcamp. It's also on Apple Music. It's not on Spotify. So sorry about that. But it's, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's everywhere else, and you should buy it anyway. So you go on Bandcamp, get, throw him a few bucks, um, listen to his music. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, because I just realized I haven't been saying the show Twitter, uh, it's at AsyncPod. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at AJ Falleri. Oh, and if you want to follow me, I'm at Okimmies. Yeah. Um, we are also on Discord. You can follow the link to uh, theworstgarbage.online for the Discord links and for links to all of the other shows on the network. Uh, thank you so much, The Worst Garbage, for having us for the, the, on this whole season. Um, yeah. Wow. That, that's the whole season on a network. Um, yeah. So we'll, we will be back in two weeks. We're taking a week off. Uh, between season two and three Um, and then on the 14th we will be back April 14th we will be back (laughs) and then then, then we'll be back to weekly Um, Mm -hmm. until then thank you so much for listening Uh, like I said join the discord check out the worst garbage online or dot online uh, for all those other shows and stuff, join us on Discord. I might have already said that. I forget. You did. Yeah. I did. And the, the Mass Effect is a good video game and you should play it. You should. That's that's all I got. Kim, do you have words? I do. Um, so I'm really excited to uh, continue the trilogy with you someday. Mm-hmm. And when the Reapers come, we will stand side by side and fight them as one. And together, we will drive them back into dark space. Bye, everybody. Bye.